So, hello and welcome to the Full Time Whistle. This is a brand new sort of spin-off show called Added Time that we are going to be doing as and when we can. We're going to hope to try and do it weekly, but we'll just see where it goes. We're, we're keeping it quite open for now. We're going to be bringing some guests in to talk about specific clubs, but also to speak about specific topics as well. Some of them might just be us. We're just going to keep it open and see how things go. But today we are going to be talking about Leeds United and I've got a very special guest uh, from the Scouted Football podcast, also from Leeds Live. Uh, he's a Leeds United reporter. Joe Donahue's here. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm good, George. Thank you very much for, for having me on. Um, yeah, looking forward to, to discussing things. No problem. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a good episode. Hopefully, I'm I'm quite positive about this little spin-off series and have a little bit of a deep dive, maybe into some Premier League clubs, possibly some European clubs as well later down the line. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Scouted Football Podcast, by the way. Um, I've just heard firsthand from Joe. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that it's coming back. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be edited out if not, obviously. Um, but yeah, huge fan. So um, do go and check that out. Um, I think we're going to talk a little bit about Bielsa first and obviously his early days at the club because he'd had a kind of mixed spell, I want to say, before he came to Leeds. Obviously, he's kind of he's kind of praised as one of these one of the most influential managers um, pretty much of all time. We, we hear people like Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp citing him as as inspirations and he, he, he's got that sort of status amongst the footballing, uh, the managerial world within football and, and within the playing world as well. He's massively respected but going into Leeds he obviously had had a few kind of weird spells in in charge he, obviously in like Ligue 1 um, and he just had a, a couple of managerial roles that hadn't really gone well do you remember as someone who's been quite close to Leeds um, what the sort of atmosphere was in the early days under Bielsa was it was it a very positive kind of um, kind of feeling overall or were there, were there some sort of skeptical fans as well was it was it a bit of a mixture um, it was, I think there was probably a, a, a bit of intrigue was probably the word for it um, to begin with um, before a ball was kicked because, you know, this this manager who'd, you know, managed Argentina, managed Chile and and, and, and a whole host of top European clubs had, had decided that, that the project for him at, you know, 61, 62 years old was was to be a, a club who were very much marooned in, in the mid-table of the championship. Um, and he brought, you know, he came in, he, he identified straight away that there were certain players that, had maybe not been used um, as 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 much in pre, under previous managers. So, for example, uh, Matthias Klick was was sent on loan to Utrecht in in Holland um, under previous manager uh, Thomas Christensen and and Paul Heckingbottom. Uh, and then as soon as Bielsa came in that that preseason, um, he, he decided that that Klick was going to be a major player for him. Um, and you know the a lot a, a large part of the squad which is which is still in the Premier League at the moment. Um, you know, was 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 the one that that Bielsa inherited and, and essentially elevated up. But I think the first the first time that that people st- sort of realised that okay, this this is going to be different. This is something we've never experienced before. Was was the first game of that eighteen nineteen season uh, at home to uh, to Stoke. Now Stoke obviously had just been relegated and were 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 tipped to go straight back up. They had a very very strong squad and and Leeds really took them to, ta- to task in that first first Championship game under Bielsa. And I think that. That 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 awoke or, or reawoken um, quite a lot of, of of people's you know Leeds Leeds United supportership their, their passion for it because they had something to believe in and they had a, a figurehead like Bielsa who was was you know in terms of his his principles off the pitch uh, and on the pitch was was as pure as they came. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was very interesting to see kind of, we'll, we'll move on to it a little bit later on, but the, the reaction from Leeds United fans, or at least the most of them, after his sacking, because normally when you've got a club, especially in the Premier League, when there's that much pressure on the managers and on the players and you have such poor results over uh, a period of time, because Leeds have obviously been leaking so many goals towards the back end of Bielsa's tenure. And usually uh, the manager gets an awful lot of stick. There's protests and things like that at the ground, but it was a totally different story. And I think that just kind of is a testament to Bielsa and how he is as a manager and the kind of legacy that he already has. Um, in terms of... Bielsa as an actual coach like tactically obviously he's very interesting and he he plays very exciting brand of football which a lot a lot of people have kind of linked that to the injury crisis at the moment but what I will say is squad depth um, could also be a bit of an issue uh, with what's happened as well Um, how much of the the kind of issues that have happened at Leeds over the last kind of couple of months how much of that do you think was down to Bielsa or do you think there's that combination of uh, a little bit of a lack of squad depth, uh, some injury problems as well. How much of that do you think Bielsa was was kind of responsible for? I think that's. I mean, I mean, the the main thing that's kind of gone against Leeds this season is probably just just misfortune. You know, just luck. You know, they're getting several injuries. I think there was against Brentford in December. Uh, Liam Cooper went off with a hamstring injury during the first half. Then Calvin Phillips went off with a hamstring injury in the second half. They're not yet back. They're sort of getting towards the the stage of of maybe coming back to full training now. But um, they they both sustained hamstring injuries. And and Patrick Bamford hasn't made a start for. Um, for five and a half months pretty much um because of you know repeated injuries and it's been it's been unfortunate because you know that's that's essentially the spine of your team you know your captain your 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 talisman and in defensive midfield and and your center forward um who scored 17 goals last season you know it's it's going to be difficult to i don't know to you know to, to mitigate those those absences um and I think you know the, the in terms of the squad depth, it's it's something which was, you know, came to be accepted under Bielsa. You know, he doesn't like a big squad. He likes eighteen to twenty first team players, um, and you know the rest can sort of be bulked out by by under twenty threes or or players who maybe are uh, a bit younger and and, and less experienced because um, realistically they're they're only going to sit on the bench. Um, but I think when you do have six, seven, eight first team players out for you know, a few games in succession in the Premier League, you, you know, a lot of the time you, you're going to, you're going to suffer because, you know, you, again, as I say, you can't really mitigate for those absences when with, with players who are, who are relatively inexperienced. So um, it, it, it's, it's hit Leeds hard this season. I still think that them being outside of the relegation zone is, is, you know, a testament to the fact that Bielsa was still, you know, doing some very good coaching up until those final few matches. Um, that he was able to get the best out of a team who were very much on at the bare bones, um, but yeah, squad depth. I think it's it's something which you know the, the club will probably address in the summer um, because it's obviously a new regime now with, with Bielsa no longer there. Yeah, I think that's obviously something that that fans and and kind of the press in general and just the, the footballing world have said about Bielsa about how he has got he's definitely got the best out of a lot of these players. Players, as you said before, like Matthias Click, who was seemingly out of the picture under previous managers and he's come and, and become a regular Premier League player um, and possibly will continue to be a regular Premier League player. We, we don't know. But I think a, a, lot of, a lot of people have also said about Leeds United about how 
a lot of those squad players are championship level players rather than Premier League players. How important do you reckon it will be under Jesse Marsh, who's obviously the new manager who will speak a little bit more about? How important do you think it is that he brings in kind of players to just kind of ramp up that level should Leeds stay in the Premier League, which, you know, it, 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 they, could, they could go down, but there's a huge possibility of them staying up, obviously, of course, uh, as well. How important do you think the transfer window is this summer? I think it, I think it's hugely important. Um, I think I'll hark back to sort of Jesse Marsh's period at Leipzig, which was his previous job before taking the Leeds role, um, because he took over then, and, and he's already said pretty much that you know the essentially the, the the conditions weren't in place for him to play his preferred style of football. I think a lot of German football commentators and, and, and pundits and that sort of thing have have said that um, the squad maybe wasn't it, it was built it was geared more towards a sort of a, a possession based Julian Nagelsmann type uh, style of football as opposed to to Marsh's high pressing high energy sort of four two 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 formation. So um, I think if 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 Marsh manages to keep Leeds in the Premier League, I think uh, I mean you you have to assume he'll be backed, um, and you know to um to to identify players that he feels will will suit his um his his style of play, and he he shares a, a close relationship with Victor Orta, who is the Leeds' director of football, um, and Orta has typically been very very adept when it's been when it's come to recruiting in the market. You know the likes of Rafinha for for seventeen million. I mean Ilan Melier agreeing that deal, an initial loan within a five million permanent fee. Um, even the likes of Llorente Cock for for roughly around fifteen million. You know these are these are you know basement fees compared to what. Um, you know, a lot of other clubs in the Premier League fork out for for players. So um, I think that there there probably will be gentle evolution of the squad in the summer. Um, I don't think you'll see wholesale change just yet because the you know the the players who came up with Bielsa um, have for the most part actually been the more more consistent players um, throughout the two seasons in the Premier League. Um, you know, I'm thinking the, the Luke Aylins, the Stuart Dallas's, um, Bamford when he's been available. Um, so I think gentle evolution would be the word and, and Marsh obviously has that job of trying to integrate um, a new style of play with with you know perhaps more talented players. Um, but that will be that'll be a future uh, a problem for, for him in the future. Yeah, I mean, obviously you say there about how the championship players are kind of, they have been the more, uh, the ones who have kind of adapted very well and they, they seem to have been a lot of the players who have maintained some consistency, like you said. Obviously, there's Rafinha who is being persistently linked with a move away. Obviously, that will garner a, a lot of money if that does happen, but whether, the, whether that will be allowed to happen or they'll try their best to keep hold of him, I would presume that they will do that. Um in, in terms of what we touched on, I guess, about the injury crisis and, and the, the lack of squad depth, do you think Jesse Marsh replacing Marcelo Bielsa goes any way to solve that? Is, is that going to make things any better? Or do you, think that, do you think Marsh offers anything that Bielsa wasn't offering? Or do you think it was simply a case of, you know, the, the results aren't, aren't happening for us, we, then, we, we therefore need a change? I think I think there will be a, a bit of a change when it comes to sort of the um, to, to that sort of thing because you know you, the, there'll be a, a deceleration of sorts um, in terms of I mean everybody knows the the, the physical demands that that Marcelo Bielsa places on, on his players when he's when he's managing 
team. Um, Jesse Marsh also does place quite quite extensive physical demands on his players. So it's not going to be a, a case of you know really just lowering the um, the workload. But I think just any sort of change of scenery, change of um, training methods, uh, a different approach, more focus perhaps on on ball orientated pressing as opposed to man orientated. Um, it'll I think it'll in terms of results it 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 hopefully will um. Will 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 do them some good in that regard because um, you know just the everybody goes on about new manager bounce but if you look at the sort of the the components which maybe go into that they're different at every club um, so you know the, the fact that maybe um, players might be uh, might be might be more receptive to a new way of doing things after you know three and a half four years of of Bielsa's methods um, it, it, it's it's possible but um, you know it's it's something which with with only one game under his belt so far albeit an encouraging one uh, even though it ended in defeat against Leicester um, I think we'll see over the next couple of games against Villa uh, and, and against Norwich um, what what the real Jesse Marsh stamp is going to be on on this team. Yeah, obviously. Um, I, I'm actually a, a Villa fan myself, so it's going to be very interesting. I think it's it's tonight, isn't it? The um, yeah. the match on on the day that we're recording this. So that'll be quite interesting. The the previous game between the two clubs not that long ago was a three three, and where, where there was quite a lot of in, encouraging attacking from Leeds in that game, and people were thinking, you know, maybe this is a slight turnaround. But I think on Villa's part, it was a lot of poor defending at, mm. at the same time. So it was kind of a bit of both in that game. In terms of like recruitment for, for next season, do you think it's possible that Jesse Marsh might look back to the Red Bull system? Because obviously he spent a lot of time there with Leipzig, with, with Salzburg, and then he was obviously involved in, in the States beforehand as well. He's got kind of, I presume, still some sort of reputation with that. I know that there was talk of Rangnick trying to bring him to Man United in a coaching role potentially uh, when, when, when he started at um, Manchester United. Do you think that that's a transfer possibility or do you think it's just a case of kind of carrying on with a similar sort of transfer um, ideology that they've, that they've had over recent years? I think it's a possibility. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't claim to have any sort of knowledge on, on what the, the, the sort of players the club are looking at. But um, I think, I mean, not to go full Harry Redknapp and, and sign Nico Cranshaw for every club that you manage. But I think, you know, it, it makes sense that um, managers will, will know players that they've worked with previously and, and that they'll, they'll trust them. They know that they can fit into a system that they want to implement somewhere new. So I think it's certainly a possibility. But, uh, you know, I think the, the, the club cast a very, very wide net. Um, especially when it comes to, to scouting and, and recruitment. So um, they'll be assessing pretty much all the options. I know Victor Otter quite a lot of the time when he's, when he's given interviews has said, you know, we, we're able to, to identify a player and say, wow, you know, he is a very, very talented footballer, but, but he's not right for Leeds. So we're not going to sign him. Um, and it's all about fitting into that, that mould. And I think it'll come down to what Marsh um, identifies as the way that he wants to play with this squad and which players would supplement that um, you know which signings might I don't know be be maybe luxury players uh, and 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 the club might decide to forego them instead of you know going for somebody who might be a bit more low-key but would fit the the style a bit better and I think that the joined up thinking between the club and, and the management um, will will be quite important if if Leeds stay in the Premier League and, and, and have money to spend in the summer. Do you see it as as a good managerial appointment, uh, Jesse Marsh going to Leeds after Bielsa? Because there was a lot of talk of, you know, Bielsa obviously has this hyper-attacking kind of um, style of football. And if Leeds then go and try, if if the players are trying to adapt to a totally different style of football entirely, then 
that's going to cause more problems. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say in Marsh is kind of that good medium where it's not, it's not exactly the same style of football, but it has its similarities to a degree in terms of it's, it's quite attacking. Do you think it was a good appointment overall? I know, um, I, I don't know whether you were for or against Bielsa being sacked in the first place, but since Marsh has come in, do you think that's a, a positive appointment? I think taking it from my perspective, it's not it's not really something which I'd, I'd take a position on or take an opinion on because ultimately, you know, my, my opinion doesn't really matter that much. But I think if you looked at it objectively um, and, and you were, you know, you were seeing the, the results and, and the goals that were being considered, I think you can understand why the decision was made. Um, I think in terms of the, the, the appointment itself, if you strip back all of the emotion and all of the, the, the you know, the how revered Bielsa is at Leeds. Um, if you were simply going from one manager to the other, I think you'd be looking at Marsh and thinking, okay, similar-ish style, maybe a, a few more elements of pragmatism um, in his in his in his tactical setup. He's he's very switched on when it comes to tactics. Um, he's he's diligent in his work. He's 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 been successful elsewhere, albeit you know Salzburg. The caveat being that you know they have an enormous budget compared to their peers in Austria. Um, but I think if you were looking at it, it, it wouldn't. It's not a. It's not an appointment which would make you go, "Oh, I'm not sure about that." It's kind of one where you think, "Okay, there's some thinking has gone into this." Um, but in if, if you do apply the emotion, if you do think about the the circumstance that okay, you know, Bielsa deserves to have to have had a, I don't know, a, a, you know, a moment on the pitch where he kind of you know. In, takes it all in and 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 you know is 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 revered for 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 what he achieved for the club um it it does leave a little bit of a sour taste because you know a lot of fans will will have wanted that they'll have wanted that opportunity to say goodbye properly and and for it to be a bit of a procession like it was at the end of last season with Pablo Hernandez and Gitano Berardi um i think ultimately there's very few things in life where you actually get closure so you know when when there's so much at stake you can see you can see why a, a decision's been made but i mean I think on 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 the basis of facts and and from what we've heard and seen so far from Marsh, I think it's not a it's not an appointment which which makes me think um, you know this this the, the team are in trouble. Um, I think it's you know the, the situation is very much the same, if not you know could could show potential improvements. Yeah, I think I, I will kind of close on a sort of a bit of a two prong question, I guess. I think oh, well, I'll touch on it in, in terms of like with Marsh. I think there were rumours that there. What, that he was already going to be the successor to Bielsa because I think I'd heard that kind of banded around beforehand on, on Twitter and there were reports of that already. So it does look like a lot of thinking has gone into that from, from what I can see. But in terms of this uh, next question, um, I just wanted to kind of say firstly, I know um, obviously you, you know what's going on very well at Leeds as a, uh, as a Leeds Live reporter and kind of you, you're, you're very focused on Leeds United as a club. Do you think that under Marsh, Firstly, do you think that they can stay in the Premier League this season? We've had the discussion on the main show here and none of us think Leeds will go down. We, we all have the same three teams to go down in Norwich, Brentford and Watford. Uh, well, I think it was just the three of us actually who were presenting the last episode or the one before. But firstly, do you think uh, Leeds will stay up? And secondly, should they stay up? What do you think the kind of five-year plan should be for the club in terms of where, where would you like to see the club in four or five years time? I think it's a tough one because it kind of does hinge very heavily on the next couple of games. I think Leeds have got, Leeds don't play any of the top top five or top six teams in the next five matches. Uh, I think it's Villa, Norwich, Southampton, Wolves uh, and 
uh, at one other team um, who are who are in the bottom half or there or thereabouts. Um, and you know, you look at them and you think they're winnable fixtures. You you do wonder whether whether Marsh has been able to implement his methods quickly enough. I think the game at Leicester showed that he, he perhaps has. Um, it's just a case of reinforcing those messages now. Um, I think that it's still very much in Leeds' hands. You know, there there are eleven games to go at, at the time of recording, um, and you know the. If, if if they can't get out of out of trouble by the end of the season, then ultimately you have to look at and look at the you know the facts and say, well, they had they had, the matches were there, the matches were there to be won. Um, I think uh, in terms of the five year plan and the, if they do stay up in in from from the summer onwards, I think you know there's been lots of talk, obviously a lot of it unconfirmed, um, but the club are owned I think 44% by the San Francisco 49ers, um, 49ers enterprises. Um, so I think the, the suspicion is that, um, or the, the expectation rather, um, is that at some point they may take um, a, 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 you know, greater control um, and, 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 and integrate maybe the, the, the club with, with, you know, um, with with the 49ers and and sort of enjoy a closer partnership so i think that's something which will will continue to develop over the next couple of years um in terms of sort of as a as a model i think i know andrea radrizzani who's the current majority shareholder and and, and chairman he um he's he's named multiple times that the the leicester model is one which which he admires in terms of you know they've managed to sell the likes of harry Maguire, riyad mares ben chilwell those types of players and golo conte um, and and still you know develop and, and build a build a strong team um, that's been competitive in the sort of the middle tier of the Premier League. I think that's realistic for Leeds over the next five years. That I mean, even with a full 49ers takeover, I don't think they'd have the wealth to compete with the top six. But, but that's not you know that, that's that's not the ambitions of support or anything. They they want to be a Premier League club and for the time being that's you know that that's that that's all well and good. So um I think yeah it would be a case of if you're looking you'd want to be looking up but I don't think you can look too too high up. Um probably sort of nestled in, in mid table would be um a realistic expectation. I think we are in that kind of pro uh, that kind of area of the of the Premier League at the moment where there are these teams who are really kind of stabilized and they're, they're definitely these mid-table sides they're established sides there I think Southampton can go into that mm. bracket as well where but they don't really have these aspirations to become top six sides because financially it's not really going to happen I think Southampton have like a, a 15 million uh, pound cap on their signings and that's prevented them from signing uh, certain players recently I believe um and I think Leeds do, to a degree, fit in that same category. I think they probably will be spending a little bit more than that. That's that's the feeling that I would have. But obviously, you're going to know a lot more than me probably about that and uh, when that eventually is going to happen. But I would say, from my personal opinion, I, I agree. With, I think I, I think Leeds are safe, and I think um, I, I can see them kind of establishing themselves as that mid-table side and kind of pushing on from there. But mid-table side, I think from from the perspective of a villa fan who to to a degree been it, the clubs have been in the, the situations have been similar over the past kind of 5 10 years uh, with, with with different time scales i think mid table is 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 more than enough for now and i think there's obviously that room for progress and um it's it's going to be exciting uh, from the outside as a neutral kind of um, kind of Premier League fan, uh, not not with any any ties to Leeds United at all, to see Marsh and to see kind of how this progress is because it's it's a really exciting appointment I think, 
Um, but I think that's about it. So cheers, Joe, for coming on. It's, it's been a really good episode. It's been a fun chat to talk about about Leeds United. Is there anything that you want to kind of point the listeners and the, and the viewers in the direction of at the moment? I know I mentioned the new Scouted episode coming out at some point. Um, I mean, just if, if, if anybody wants to, to follow more about Leeds United, um, you can get my writings on, on leeds-live.co.uk um, and, and, and by following on, on, on Twitter at, at Joe Donahue, that's, that's my name. But apart from that, you know, if there's, um, if there's, if there's anybody else who's, who's interested, just, you know, just drop me a message or anything like that and, and I'll try and get back to you. But no, thank you very much, George, for having me on, on the full-time whistle. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for chatting with me. No problem. Cheers.